Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For thousands of years, human beings have wondered about entering the afterlife. Do we climb a golden staircase or walk towards a light? Is it a vast, expansive paradise or just an endless, meaningless void? Turns out it's none of those things. It's just me, waiting with my clipboard, ready to collect three questions for God. This is God Only Knows, a brand new podcast that kills its guests before they even get to say a word. Only to meet them as they step out of the eternal elevator and submit their three questions to God, whoever or whatever he, she or it may be to them. Joining me straight out of the elevator this time, it's Matt Richardson. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I need to ask a couple of things, get some details before you start. So what's your occupation? My occupation is a comedian slash presenter slash radio host. That's a lot of slashes. It's a lot of slashes. Uh, I think in entertainment, the more slashes, the better. How did you find our elevator? Um, you know what, mate? I was actually slightly surprised that there was an elevator. Okay. Because my image of going to heaven is the escalator that goes up through the sky. You know, the golden yeah. escalator, Simpsons-esque yeah. escalator yeah. that goes up through the sky. So the elevator was convenient, but it was disappointing because that's what I was expecting. Do you think much about the afterlife? Is this something like you've ever given a lot of thought to? So I've got this really unusual relationship with the afterlife and I'd say I would be an atheist, Okay, but I always make sure I apologize for things I do that aren't very good just in case. Who to? God. Okay. <laughs> so even if like, it's, it's less so now, I think I've, I think I've really mellowed out about it. And like, you know, I've got loads of people uh, who are in my life who are really religious and I find it absolutely fascinating mm. talking about it. Uh, but when I was younger and I used to be like, yeah, there's definitely no God. In my head I go, not really, sorry. Like that. <laughs> Just to make sure that I had all my bases covered. Insurance policy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, God, yeah. Why is there so much suffering in the world? I'm sure you have your reasons. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just have like a little thought that yeah, just kind yeah, of like yeah. is making sure that just in case yeah. he'll go, hey, when I meet him at the pearly gates, hey, look, you were a huge atheist for a long time and yeah. actually quite actively, actively against me. However, I heard the thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're, so so far we've got we've got a, a golden escalator a golden we've got escalator. pearly gate so I, I guess there's a fairly clear i guess 
a, a theologian would go, there's a fairly clear understanding of how you're viewing God in this one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all classic, um, uh, classic things that you've seen on television yeah. and films and all that kind of stuff. But actually, the reality might just be a, a waiting room. My favourite depiction of the afterlife mm. and uh, what you do is the good life. Yeah, I love that. Uh, uh, which is, no, the, not the good life, the good place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, where she's just in a waiting room with everything is fine written on the wall. Yeah. And I was like, that's a really yeah, yeah, lovely yeah. image of what the afterlife would look like. I also think the good life is a great image of what the afterlife would look like. Just what? people trying to grow carrots. <laughs> just just people trying their best. No, because Just it people giving it a go, guys. Because it wouldn't be heaven if you had those annoying neighbours. <laughs> oh, I think it might be. Oh, no. <laughs> um, no, we need to kill you, obviously. Okay, well, cool. we, yeah, we killed you. Fine. We need to know how you've died. So can I invite you to hit the button... Yep. And spin the wheel of death for me. I like that your wheel of death on your Mac looks like the wheel of death of a Mac. You know, when, know. If, you, if you see that, your Mac's dead. Well, also, I think I, this is an entirely audio medium and I've spent a lot of time on this. Okay, so you have got... Okay, so you were stung by 300 bees on a Boeing 747. Now, there are worse ways to go. Really? Well, yeah, because I'm really into planes. Well, like so, properly into planes. Like I'm properly into planes. Like really, like I'm a plane nerd. Like I subscribe to two separate airline industry magazines. Like I would go and stand at the end of uh, Heathrow's runway, it, but I can't because I'd like to have sex with my girlfriend again. So yeah. she won't let me. Well, I was about to say, I, I've met your very lovely girlfriend. And now knowing this about the plane thing, had I not met her, I would start to think you'd made her up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm really into planes. So dying on a 747, I mean, it's an outdated technology these days, but... Oh, really? yeah, what would yeah. be what would be the like the, what would be the ultimate death on a plane? What would you I, want to die? I'd on? really like to go on a Dreamliner because they make okay. you less jet lagged, <laughs> and you know. And I'm thinking there's going to be some jet lag in the afterlife. The bees didn't freak you out. Uh, I mean, it's not ideal, but you know what? I just feel bad because because they're not wasps and, I, and they're bees. I've just murdered 300 bees. Yeah, you have. For my own yeah. death. I'd like to know what the other passengers were doing at this point. I like the idea of 300 bees in a plane, but also if you've ever watched, you know those border patrol shows that they do at airport? <laughs> I can fully imagine 300 bees being on a plane. You can imagine someone's just brought them thinking, what, I can't bring these? Like, and it's, you know, it, it's always in Australia as mm -hmm. well because they're so, so just go, mate, like, um, I see you have 300 <laughs> bees in your carry-on luggage. These cannot be brought into Australia. We're going to yeah. have to send them back. And then I'm the unlucky guy with the deported bees on my yeah, plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some guy just wanted to give him a new life in Australia. So we've killed you. You're here. You're ready to go. Let's get started. What's your first question for God? My first question for God is about um, fate, I suppose, and the paths we've got in life. Because mm. I, I'm sort of quite interested in fate and I'm, try, I'm quite interested in... My girlfriend is doing a philosophy degree and we talk about things like this um, every so often when we've run out of stories about my life because that's my favourite thing mm. to talk about. So my first question would be, if I'd never taken the path I'd taken, which is doing stand-up, would my life be better or worse? Ooh... That's a great question. Because I, I made that choice. There was one day where I was at university and I sent someone an email to go, please can I come and do five minutes at your comedy night? And that one email put me on a path that I had no idea what would happen that would lead me to living in London and doing the radio and doing TV and, you know, working with all my heroes. That one email changed everything. And the more I think about that, mm. the more I wonder, what if I'd have just gone, oh no, actually I don't want to do it. 
would my life have been better or worse or the same quality, mm. but in a different way? So why did you do it? Let's go back a step. Why why write the email in the first place? Because I loved stand-up okay. and I always wanted to do it when I was younger and uh, like a teenager. And I got to university and I wasn't very happy there. Okay. And I just happened to get invited to a Facebook event for a comedy night at the university and at the bottom of it it said if you want to give this a go just send us an email and I thought right I'm miserable here I don't have any friends I've always wanted to do stand-up I'm going to do one thing at university that I've always wanted to try so I did Mm stand-up and you know and I didn't think I'd lead anywhere Mm -hmm. I didn't do that gig going well this is now going to be a career I then just did another gig and another gig and entered some competitions and it kind of snowballs from Mm -hmm. there you don't really know when it starts to become your job Mm -hmm. or you know your career path that you're going on but yeah, I always wonder if I'd never sent that email or never seen that Facebook event, like, would my life be better or worse? What was the first? Do you remember anything for your first set? Yeah, I do. It was all about my university. It was all about Oxford Brooks. It was proper teen, 18-year-old who thinks he's funny, who's mm. read a lot of Cicopedia doing jokes. So you do it for the first time. You do your five minutes at this event mm. and... What happens? People laugh. It goes well. It went really well, actually. Okay. So it went really well, especially because I made I tailored it to the audience. Mm. And then I um, did another gig about three weeks later, and it was terrible. And that really? was a real bad death. And it was, it, yeah. It what was, was the bad. difference? Um, I, I couldn't tell you. Even now, now when I die, I can tell you why I died okay. in detail. But at the time, I thought I was doing exactly the same thing, thing in exactly the same way. Mm. But I think it was just one of those deaths you have when you're new and you've got mm. no clue why. You do just die a lot when you're new and you don't know what it is. Mm. So what were you studying? What was what were you there for? I was doing publishing media. Oh. So, you know, got out of a dying industry, which is quite nice. <laughs> yeah. So you so you go there, do publishing media, you hit it, you write this email, and then this kind of whole thing just yeah, begins. Yeah, and then they went, to, come and do the next one in two weeks. And then, yeah, and then the rest, I guess, is history, because I started to, you know, find out about the open mics in London, and yeah. the competitions that used to run more, yeah. like the Laughing Horse, So Think You're Funny, and all yeah, these yeah. ones. Entered all those, and ended up doing quite well in them, and mm. then the rest kind of fell into place quite quickly, really. So you don't send the email. Yeah. What What could life have looked like? Um, I don't really know. I guess I'd have gone into a job in publishing or PR or something like that. I'm not really sure. Mm. I, I don't really know what I wanted to do at the time. It's not like I had a career path and it yeah. veered off. Like I was, I did publishing at university because it looked interesting rather than that was what I wanted to be into. Right. Cause I didn't want to do a classic subject cause I was sick of doing English and history and all those old school humanitarian mm. things. So humanitarian, is that what? No, humanities. humanities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I've do, I did very little humanitarian <laughs> stuff at GCSE. And <laughs> this is going to affect me, isn't it? When I get to heaven and I'm going to be like, yeah, no, when I was a teenager, I did loads of humanitarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God will be like, oh, very nice. And you go, you did history, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did history. Yeah. I got the word wrong. Yeah. Um, so I was bored of those. So I just did it because there was a bit of design in it. There was okay. a bit of, you know, slightly different things. So I don't really know where would I would have ended up. So I just want, I'd want to know, not, I don't, you know what? And I wouldn't care if what job I did, like I'm quite easily pleased mm. in that I would find something to enjoy in any job I did, I think. Mm. But I just, we just want to know, did I pick the right path for a better life? Or is there a path out there where I am more satisfied and more, you know, there's more good in my life and everything, and which is hard to imagine. Mm. So I have a really nice life mm. with a lovely girl that I'm madly in love with mm. and a job I love. But mm. I'm wondering, would it have been better or worse? Or would God turn around and go, 
well, there was never a choice. Mm. That is that was your path. Mm. And there, so there isn't an alternative path because that doesn't exist. And that's what I'd want to know. Where in all of that, in everything you've done, would you say was a moment when you thought, I don't want to do this anymore? Uh, there's been loads. Um, so I fall in and out of love with stand-up all the time. I find stand-up, out of everything I do, I find stand-up the hardest one to kind of keep a relationship with. Okay. Because I, I love doing gigs, mm. but I hate writing shows. And I hate, okay. like, I find it really hard work and I don't feel like I'm very good at it. So I put it off and, you know, I really struggle to, you know give myself the motivation mm. to do it. And like the kind of tours I do, like I do really small rooms and sometimes they sell badly. And mm. like when you drive to Hemel Hempstead to do a gig to 45 people in a 200 seat theatre, sometimes I think, is this worth it? Why am I bothering where this is 90% of my effort and probably 10% of my job satisfaction? Mm. But when it goes well, it's like nothing else in the world. So some people would say it's like a religious experience yeah. when it goes well on stage. And I wouldn't use that language just because I think that's insulting to people who have had genuine religious experiences. When I go on stage and talk about my penis for an hour, I don't think that's a religious experience when it goes well. I think it's disrespectful. But it's, yeah, it's like, it's another thing. Mm. But it takes a few years for that. I, almost, I want to describe it as a gland that you have in your head. Yeah. And when you first start, it doesn't really work. And it's like a muscle, you know, the more you do it, yeah, yeah. the more it begins to just take over and sort out the gig for yeah. you. So stand up for you then leads to you getting signed up. And then I guess there's this moment sort of four or five years ago where you find yourself on The Extra Factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the time, X Factor is the biggest show in the country. It's yeah, beating yeah, yeah. everything. It's beating Strictly oh, I, by three million. It's beating everything. You, you find yourself on that spinoff. And suddenly you are famous. Is that a word you're okay yeah, with? Yeah, you know what? I think I'd say I was famous then. Okay. So I was, because it's weird. So I, I I don't think I'm famous now. I think I'm on stuff. and okay. on, I think I'm on the telly. I think that's the difference. But when I was on the Extra Factor, um, Heat would be writing articles about me maybe going on a date with Eliza Doolittle mm. and would be writing about, you know, the fact that I was on Tinder and mm. all that kind of stuff. Mm. And I think that's being famous. Mm. Extra Factor is in that world. So, mm. yeah, I think probably while, whilst I was on that show, I got sucked up into all that, which I didn't mind, mm. but... It isn't like that anymore. Like you know, I could I could go and do I could go and do heroin in front of Dan Wooten at from the Sun, and he wouldn't write the story about it. It wouldn't be worth the ink. So is the email that email you talked about eighteen you sent? Is that like is that the moment in your life you think that's kind of the pivotal? Yeah, I think it is. I think that kind of moment of going, hey, can I please come and do your comedy night? Mm. Because that's where everything rolled from. Because, you know, the extra factor wouldn't have come along without comedy because Kate Madigan, who was the ITV commissioner at the time, saw me in a basement in Edinburgh doing a two-hander with Angela Barnes um, uh, on the free fringe. She just popped in and that's where the whole thing came from. Mm. So her seeing me there and thinking that maybe wow. I'd be a good fit when they wanted to change it up next year. Wow. So yeah, I think that for me, I'd be hard pressed for me to have a better life without that email being sent. Mm. If I hadn't done stand up, would my life be better or worse? I, I, I would answer saying absolutely not. Like I've wanted to be a stand up since I was 13 and, like if on my deathbed, if it all ended tomorrow and I had to go and work in uh, Next again, like I did for many years, I'd go going, I had a great time and it was brilliant. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Now your second question, we need to submit. My second question is, do you ever get sick of all the singing? <laughs> So this is what you want to ask God? Is- yeah. I just want to know. Because you know when you see the Queen yep. at any event yep. and they start, and you can just see in her face, she's going, oh, this again. Yeah. Oh, my. It's like baby shark to them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. God, see the Queen is just baby shark. Even if it's the, like the Royal Philharmonic, it's just like, oh, no, not this again. Oh, the hymns. I only have to listen to them whenever I go to a wedding and I'm like, we could really jazz these bad boys up. <laughs> Because the words are all great, but you know, like the organ was a poor choice of instrument. Oh, interesting. That's controversial, I think. Do you think? Yeah. Imagine how good hymns would be if they were on a harpsichord. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'd be a thinner sound. It would be, yeah. Because yeah. I, I guess the whole organ thing is it fills the yeah. church, but it's, you know, I'm not saying this generally for everyone. You know, if you've mm. got a church that's got a really great organ player, it's normally played by someone who was alive before the organ was invented <laughs> and doesn't quite have the finger strength to press the buttons yeah. down as hard or as quickly as they yeah. should anymore. And it's just that same kind of, I just don't like the noise of an organ. I think it's quite really? droney. And I think, you know, hymns, when hymns are sung so half-heartedly, especially in churches that are... Uh, are obligated to go to church every so often rather than that they enjoy the experience of church and when they sing the hymns they give it the minimum effort and I I just imagine God being like guys this is all about my glory can you not just put in a bit of effort like I'm an (laughs) all-seeing all-knowing all-good entity and you're singing like you're embarrassed to be singing because you are, because no one likes singing in public. And everyone sings in that same like, you know, like, God give us our bread. And and you think, come on, guys, we should really get together and just jazz it up. Gareth Malone's the best thing that's happened to hymns ever. Yeah, he is. He's done done them a good work there. He has, yeah. And I just think also there's so many churches around the world and there's got to be a church service going on at any one point on the planet. Like an episode of Friends. Like an episode of Friends. Yeah. And it'd be like having neighbours 
where they just don't turn their music off. Like God must just hear because we're singing to t- to God, yeah. and I just think sometimes he thinks, oh, I just wish I got Spotify instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all the time and it doesn't matter how good the music is can you imagine having music pumped into your head all day every day it's also about you as well uh, i know yeah and to begin with you're like yeah that's me <laughs> but for a while it's like twitter like when you first get on like you know tv or mm. radio and things people start tweeting you about mm. you and you're like oh yeah this is pretty cool and then after a while you just go who are you freaks <laughs> you think that's kind of god's reaction is just to kind of guys stop singing come on do you do you like singing no, I hate singing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I'm okay. not a singer. In any in any kind of media format? Like in the anywhere. car, I'll sing along. Okay. And um, in the shower, sometimes I'll sing along. But I wouldn't go and sing. I've done a musical that, you know, comics singing the musical show. But the point oh, of yeah. that is you are bad, right. so it's fine. Um, but yeah, no, singing's just not my bad. But you do love music. Yeah, I, like, I love music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. You know, I, I guess you... the energy is interesting as well, isn't it? Like you talked about going to a lot of weddings and I guess at weddings, that's because that's not, that that's enforced singing, isn't it? That's like fancy oh, dress. Yeah. That and is really, enforced activity. It's really funny as well. I love going to a wedding in a church because everyone's sort of like, you know, droning along at the, you know, so like, um, all things bright and beautiful, all creatures... And then and at one point, and then there's always a point in the song where everyone gets loud together. Yeah. They go, <laughs> and then, you know, yeah, da, 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 all things right. <laughs> and it's a really funny moment of yeah. everyone going, well, I have to go loud on this bit, but I really don't want to. <laughs> and I guess that if you compare that to like a gig where someone's like at one of those things, then there's like an energy difference, isn't there as well? It's yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. We all want to be here. We all want you to sing that song. We all want to sing it together. And also, as someone that's, you know, I've been to Church of England weddings. I've been to Catholic weddings. But I've never been to a wedding at a really uh, interesting sort of slightly new denominational church okay. where the music is good and there's a band. Yeah. And and I think that would be much more enjoyable. Yeah. But for me, I just couldn't hear hymns for the whole of my life yeah. in my head like he may or may not have to or she may or may not have to there's in other faiths as well you get some really interesting stuff in terms of like how music is used so they won't have that collective kind of congregational singing but music's a really pivotal part of people come down the aisle or we're really letting the side down in this country like you know you think with the like church of england hymns are letting the side down i think you know i find i found a really good one the other day um because i was thinking about weird hymns and um this is battle hymn of the republic which okay. is quite well known as a tune. It's normally sung to glory, glory, hallelujah. Yeah. You know that one? So um, this is glory, literally... The f- glory, glory, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay, first cool. verse of that hymn literally says this. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. So what, I mean, there's so much in there, isn't there? Like... I like that they've gone for the crushing of the grapes. Like, mm. I'll tell you what this song needs, a bit of winemaking. <laughs> like, I think God can, God can get wine whenever he wants. He yeah. just goes, I'll have a bottle of Evian, please. <laughs> oh, so you've got a little song for the Christian crowd. <laughs> I, could, I could smash a Christian gig. <laughs> Um, it's final question time. You've got one more. Uh, make it a good one. Okay. So my final question, was I good? Oh, wow. But I think about this a lot. I think about, I I don't think I, uh, I don't think anyone's a good person. We're all sinners, you know? 
That's given me a lot of leeway in my life. Thank you, Pastor. Um, but <laughs> did I put more good into the world than I took out of it? That's what I want to know. Was I good? Inherently, in that way, and I guess this might be because we're watching like The Good Place, and it's that nice score system of, okay, you do, you know, you're rude to someone on the street, you lose points, you gain points. And I don't think there's a, a point system, but like, did I make the people around me feel good about themselves? And I know that when I was a bit younger and a bit of a teenager, like I was a bit of a dick and like I was a bit cocky and like was a bit of a show off. And like, I think that was probably to the detriment of some of the people I was in the class with because they'd be the butt of the joke and all that. But all I was interested in doing was being the funniest person in the room. And these days, I'm just so obsessed with just trying to be kind. Even if I don't know anyone or if I've met them for the first time, like I really try and act like I've met them loads and like just make them uh, leave the conversation going, oh, that was, I enjoyed that. That was a nice part of my day. Mm. So I want to know that in my life, was I good? And did I put more good into the world than I took out? Why do you think it matters? Because I think, because what the world's about... The world's about people, I think, Mm. mostly. And I think life's about people. And I think being good is about making other people feel good. So that's that's all I want in life is that if I die, I want loads of people to go, oh, I really like being around him. It made me really happy and it made me feel good about myself. And that is what I want to know. Did I achieve that? You you said that you weren't sure if there was uh, such a thing as a good person. Do you really do you really not think there are good people? No, I think there are good people. I think there's loads of good people. I think I think there's such a thing as bad people as well. But I think there's people that are just normal. Like, I think I'm a normal guy. Like I don't think I'm this amazing guy who does tons of charity work and you know goes and builds schools and you know helps children and uh, you know the, the pride basically like you know the people at the Pride of Britain. Mm-hmm. You know I've been to the Pride of Britain, but not to win one, just mm-hmm. to get drunk and watch. <laughs> And once again, that probably doesn't make me a great person. So, so I think I'm sort of a middling person. So I'm just trying to be as nice to people as I can and like not annoy my girlfriend who um, by leaving stuff out all the time. And also just like, you know, not even just giving like money to homeless people, but I, you know, I'd like to do that. But like just going, hey, are you, are you all right? Is everything okay? And I just try and put tiny little bits of goodness into the world and try and make people feel good about themselves. And that's what I think makes you a good person. All of that is linked to something you are doing. Yeah. Does that tell you, does that tell me something about the fact that for you, goodness is all about that outworking. It's not an inner thing. It's kind of a, what you, what you do. Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think it's about the mark you leave on other people for me. I think it's about compromise and about, hey, I don't actually necessarily want to do this, but it's going to make you really happy. So let's go and do that. And that Mm. I'm going to have fun because you're going to be happy. Mm. You, you said that when you were younger, you that wouldn't have been a consideration like you you would have been what is it just a maturing or an aging thing or is there something else that shifted no I think it's just as I've gotten older I've sort of realized what what's more important and also just you know I I was just a young idiot which I, I can admit that freely now um whereas you can't be a young idiot anymore because it's all online Hmm. and i think yeah it's just about that just being kind little little kindnesses i think are the most important thing there's a there's a a famous rabbi called abram heschel and he said something along the lines of you use the word famous there like i've heard of him i mean in the in the in the kind of rabbi but let's be honest you know you think i might be famous and has he heard of me (laughs) probably i hope so um he's really big fan of pampered (laughs) Gucci's hollywood on itvb yeah he said um, his quote was when I was young, I admired smart people. When I got older, I admired kind people. And I've always found that really fascinating because I think that is something about 
youth and just getting a yeah, little bit I think, older. I think, and also, like, it's only been the last year or so, but I think, like, I am hitting that next chapter of my life. Mm. You know, I've, I've settling down and having kids and all that. And all I want to instill is just, like, just be kind, mm. no matter how different anyone is. So you ask God, was I good? Yeah. What do you think God says? I hope he says yes. Like, I don't, I don't consciously you know, try and be good in the hope that, oh, hopefully what this means I'm a good person. But I, I try and be nice and like, you know, I try and be kind and just try and be, f- have fun with everyone. Like I'm all about just like having a really good laugh while we're here. And, you know, as we've hung out a lot, like I just, just want to just have a nice time with lovely people. And I think if you, if say, you know, when I, when I die and you're at my funeral, I'd hope you'd sit there and go, we had a really good time together every time we were together. And that's what I want. And I think that's what would make you a good person. Matt, I want to say a huge thank you for being on the podcast. And it's almost time to return you to the land of living. Okay. But before I do, I want to know, is there anything you think God would want to ask you? Yeah, I think he'll ask me, mate, why so many penis jokes? (laughs) I gave you the talent to do stand-up. There's so much out there. I kept putting really interesting observational things in your way. Like, why did you never talk about the fact, you know, why did we put buttons in sofas to decorate them? Why didn't you talk about that, my friend? Instead, it was Willie's this and Willie's that. Uh, listen, thank you very much. That's it for the episode. Matt, you'll be pleased to know that the vaccine was found on board. <gasps> yes. So the plane was able to land. You walked away from the flight. Uh, even the bees made it. Did they? Yeah, it was a happy oh. ending all round. And you're safely back home. So um, thank you again for being on the show. That's the last of my fly business class. Amazing joke to finish. Um, <laughs> I'll be back next time. He won't. I'll be killing off another guest and finding out what it is they want to ask on God Only Knows. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.